Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast edition. As always on Thursdays, and today is October 13th, Thursday, October 13th. As always on Thursdays, we are joined by my friend, Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson of the Hugh Hewitt Show, master of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-E.com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners, and a dynamic uh, uh feature of our VIP program at Hot Air. He's got a column coming up today, unless he snuck another one in under the wire. It's going to be- I, <laughs> I, I did not strom you. <laughs> Didn't strom me. Um, it, will, <laughs> it will be uh, um, a, a look at Mike Pompeo's prospects in the, uh, in the presidential election cycle of 2024, but We've got the other case, the case for the case forward against uh, Mike Pompeo because uh, he's because he's he's going to be in the mix too. He's going to run. It's almost almost hundred percent. He's going to run uh, regardless of whether Trump gets in or not. I um, well, I'm I mean I've read this, so I already know what it what it says. But I, I'll be curious to see what our VIP members think of it because I actually am not convinced that Pompeo is going to jump in or that there will even be room for Pompeo when he does. But I like Pompeo, and um, and even if he doesn't get into the uh, presidential mix, I'm hoping that he finds his way into the next administration somehow. So, um, stuff to keep in mind. Maybe Secretary of State. Uh, back, back to Secretary of State. If he, if he doesn't, he'd, he'd, make, he'd make a hell of a VP if nothing else. He would make a hell of a VP. Yeah, he would make a very good VP. So, uh, so that's coming up. But we've got lots of stuff to discuss today. Big story today. Biden inflation grows again. Contin continues. Uh, Continu yeah, it's yes. uh, the, the the market. The experts on Wall Street said that it's oh, it'll be eight point one. It'll be trickling down a little bit. Gas didn't go up that much. Um, you know, month to month, it'll be down to you know point one. It'll be just kind of a trace. It, it, it it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. What's that? The number came out at 8.2, a little higher, and it was 0.4 month to month, which is higher than it was last month, month to month, higher than it was the month before, month to month. Um, it's going the wrong direction right in front of the election. It's getting a, it's getting worse. Well, I mean, this is part of uh, uh, what's really interesting about this report is that the same things that are, have been driving inflation all along, but have been masked by gas prices showed up again in september shelter prices are way up food, food is way up food way is through up. the roof it's through the roof it's absolutely through the roof and i'm just talking about month on month uh you know food um fruits and vegetables went up 1.6 percent month on month <laughs> that's right that's that's job. that's a that's a, that's 13 percent if, if if you're measuring the month to month as though it were the accelerator in a car you're you're it's a speedometer it's measuring your rate of speed right yeah, well, one point six percent probably would equal out if you're if you're doing the compounding and everything else like that, closer to 16 percent, which is yeah, where we saw it. it it's, 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 yeah. it's it's real money. It's real money. It's real money. Um, real wages dropped again. They went up a couple of months in a row because of falling gas prices, but gas prices were real. Actually, gas prices were still declining in September. I've been arguing that they were relatively stable. But gasoline actually went down 4.9% month on month last month. And you still have this level of overall inflation going on. It's not just the gas prices. 
Right. And now you compound that by October uh, so far that uh, thus far gas prices have gone up every day. So yeah, yeah it's going to be, it's going to be much worse coming out of October. It's that going to be worse out, next month. Yeah. That report after the election, all, after the election, this is really the last inflation report you're going to see before the election. Uh, well, the PCE index will come out towards the end of the month. So that'll be the last. And that's the one that the Fed really looks at. That's but, when the Fed looks at, but but the only the only other measurement that they can hope for a, 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 a you know a, a hail mary a long shot pass uh, is the GDP number at the end of the month. Yeah, you know, and uh, I mean, if remember that GDP is expressed in real terms, right? So you you get a lot of things about retail sales that are not inflation adjusted; they're only seasonally adjusted, and you have to kind of manually do the um, inflation adjustment yourself. And those retail numbers haven't been great, right? And they've been in the positive range, but they haven't been great. Um, So, and there's other, obviously other things go into this, durable goods orders, all sorts of things go into the GDP report. And we haven't seen all of them. Uh, But orders orders have have stalled, they've slowed down. There's not as much building going on. There's not as much construction going on. Uh, as far as sales, um, we're we're seeing stories now of retailers that are trying to offload inventory uh, to get ahead of the Christmas rush that they're predicting is not going to happen because people can't afford to buy anything anymore. So, you know, that's 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 not portending to a, a, a really positive GDP number that that we're going to see. No, and um, were you on air with? Um... Brian Westbury, when when he made his prediction on what the GDP, I was I was uh, I had I mean, called him up. Uh, it was an off-air conversation, but, okay. but he's but 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 that said, he's he is he was fully prepared to go on the air and 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 defend that uh, position. I haven't had a chance to flesh it out with him, but he says, "You mark my words." He says it's going to be a positive number. It's going to be positive three percent. And I went, "Are you out of your mind?" He said, "Nope, it's going to be positive three percent." Well, I mean, he's he's more on top of this than I am. I mean, I'm certainly. You know, I can't imagine what sector it would be that's that's doing it, unless I, I can't think of it either. Not in real terms, nominal possibly, but real terms, no, I don't see that. You got real wages falling. They've been falling all year, with the exception of uh, July and August when gas prices were dropping so fast that um, real wages were actually able to move into the positive column. Uh, you're not seeing, I, I don't see that type of economic activity. In fact, if you're taking a look at like demand for energy, um, it indicates that economic activity is really slowing down. And yes, I understand that the, the employment numbers are still positive, but they're not great. I mean, they're, they're not bad numbers, you know, 263,000, I think it was for, um, September. That's not a bad number, but it's not a, you know, it doesn't indicate a, a, a big amount of economic activity going on. I am, and besides which we had two successive negative quarters where we, where we did have more robust hiring going on. And those were both still negative uh, uh, quarters. So I, I'm not seeing that. I don't understand how you're going to get around that. Um, so I don't think, a, I don't think that the Biden administration can count on a big GDP result um at the end of october here it's about about a week and a half prior to election and, day. and besides that it just day-to-day a, a feel of right. how the economy is the cake is baked right if people right. are going to vote on the economy their votes their votes already cast if not if not physically in their mind 
They've already, they've already, that, that cake's baked. Yes. Although, I mean, there's certainly, uh, the cake is baked, but it's being spun. So it's like on one of those lazy Susan spinners, right? Because I, I, Twitchy had this, I haven't even looked at the segment, but apparently Chris Hayes was saying, what I'm really concerned about is that the, the Republicans will take over Congress and crash the economy. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself in that argument, which I haven't fully heard Chris's argument yet. Um, so, you know, with that said, that caveat, I'm trying to think of what else they could do that would really crash the economy. I mean, hyperinflation, uh, you know, uh, wiping out uh, retirement funds, um, you know, from uh, from stock market, uh, stock markets going into bear territory, uh, you know, possible bubbles on in housing that are about ready to pop. What exactly does crash the economy mean? In this particular economic context, the issue here isn't that Republicans are going to crash the economy. The issue is that Joe Biden has basically set his, you know, autopilot on, you know, full bore into the into the brick wall. It's like yeah. one of those. It's like one of those self-driving cars, <laughs> and he keeps insisting that he's that he's he's it's you know he's he's writing to an incredible transition. And it's, it's not, he's, he's not writing to an incredible transition. He's coming, he's writing to a very sudden and ugly stop is where he's it's, writing. It's, he, he's writing all the way to the scene of the crash. Right. This is, um, yeah. So, I mean, you can't spin these inflation numbers. These are, this is not an inch, right? Last month after the August inflation um, numbers came out, Joe Biden said, well, inflation went up an inch. I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday with Jake Tapper. Um, he said, we don't only we might have, I don't think we're gonna have a recession, but even if we did, it's only gonna be a slight recession. <laughs> Look, you know, the, the, the guy doesn't know how his own son died. I don't believe I, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. I, I mean, number one, I'm not sure he believes a word that comes out of his mouth. Who knows what's going on in that in that 80-year-old brain of his, but um Look, if, if if he's he's the one that said we we're not going to see inflation to begin with, and now he's telling us uh, we're not going to see a recession. Uh, you know, his 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 economic forecasts have not uh, shown to be that prescient. No, no, he, this is a guy who really clearly doesn't know what he's doing. In fact, there's a really interesting um, article from Bloomberg that was out, I think, overnight or early this morning about. There, uh, the plan that uh, the White House wants to put in place to cap Russian oil prices. And now even the White House is saying that is worried that it might backfire now that now that they've now that Biden is completely pissed off Saudi Arabia and OPEC is uh, cutting production. And it's like, you think you think that maybe Biden's economic policy might backfire? Who would have thought that except for every single one of his other economic every, policies has already exactly. backfired on us? And and just on that, just on the Saudis, did you see the did you see the uh, the, the memo or, or the the uh, document that got released from Saudi Arabia, saying that uh, Biden was basically begging them to yeah we know you're going to cut we know you're going to cut but you have to at least wait until after the midterms before you do it yeah um, and this is the same guy that just told Jake Tapper two days ago, oh, my trip had nothing. I didn't get rolled by Saudi Arabia. Uh, my, my trip had nothing to do with oil to begin with. Yeah, nonsense. 
nonsense. It, it's just, I mean, it's just bullshit. It's all, yeah. it's all BS. 20 pounds of bullshit in a 10 pound bag. Yep. I, 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 I hate to keep saying I told you so, but I've been saying that about Joe Biden since 1987. And I, I have yet to be proven wrong. Man is 20 pounds of bullshit in a 10 pound bag. Always has been, always will be. And, and in 1987, he at least had some wits about it. He had, he had brain cells yeah, to run. Different. Yeah. I mean, he was just dumb in 1987. Now right. he's kind of decrepit and, uh, and maybe not just kind of, um, but at any rate, I mean, when you're going to, when you're going, when, when you're going to Colorado these days to try and help out Michael Bennett and you talk about the cliffs of the Rio Grande. Yeah. Well, that's, that's classic Joe Biden. But when you, when you say that your son died in Iraq, when he actually died of cancer in Walter Reed in Washington, DC, uh, or in its environs, I'm not sure exactly precisely where Walter Reed is located, but um, it's, it's in the beltway. It's, it's, in the it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not it's not in Baghdad it's not in Baghdad no it's not in Fallujah um I mean that's pretty bad and, and it's sad it's pretty sad you know it's um not too dissimilar to what we're seeing in Pennsylvania with John Fetterman and the media covering for this is not too dissimilar did you see the New York Times uh piece on Joe Biden's um folkloric approach to the truth yes yes <laughs> Rather than um, just say the guy is a flat-out fabulous, he's a liar, and he he will lie three times before the truth. Even if the truth benefits him, he'll lie three times before finally getting around to it. The the, the same paper of record that pays full time uh, at least one reporter, Maggie Haberman, and I think there's there's others that do nothing but wake up uh, wake up and go to bed thinking about how we can catch Donald Trump in a lie. And, and report on it. Um, I mean that that is that is Maggie Haberman's entire entire focus is is to prove Donald Trump a liar uh, on a daily basis and make it a make a news story and, and series out of it. Um, they don't have anybody signed to Joe Biden. They they just don't. They'll every once in a while it'll be other so than their other than their White House team. Yeah, that's obviously that's a Joe Biden beat. But yeah, yeah, not, but not to, I mean, his, not to his serial lies. No. But, um, you know, outside of an occasional uh, editorial out of the New York Times or something like what we saw on Saturday Night Live over the weekend, I don't even know if you saw that or not. Um, but you know, Joe Biden even got so egregious that Colin Jost on Weekend Update on, on uh, Saturday Night Live actually spent about a minute, a minute and a half and just absolutely mocked Joe Biden and the audience was just roaring in laughter. Um, well, at, and yeah, Trevor Noah did it. Was. Trevor Noah did it the day before he announced that he was leaving the Daily Show, or two days before he announced that he was leaving the Daily Show. Yeah, I think that the I think you're starting to see some cracks right around this, and, and part of the reason why is because so much of this is just undeniable. This well, guy's been lying it, about inflation for over a year and a half, and it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. Well, and, and you know, remember the Inflation Reduction Act from from two months ago, and how this was going to this was going to supposedly be their official response to inflation. Well, and this is this is the foxhole that uh, that you know the, that the the media has been in with since since the inception of this administration. Ever since yeah. Trump came down the escalator, and he became the nominee, the the media decided to go all in for the Democrats and you know, all objectivity be damned. 
now that um, Joe Biden is in, they're they're trying desperately to maintain the illusion that you know, forget all the the problems with Joe Biden. We're going to ignore all of that. We still got to focus on whatever else to try and and minimize the damage. Once the damage is done, though, once we get past the midterms, um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of um, zest within the mainstream media at that point to ride the Joe Biden horse all the way into 24 and think he's going to, uh, you know, carry the Democratic Party across the finish line again. I don't think there's anybody in media that thinks that Joe Biden is going to win the next election, especially no. if they get, especially if they get smashed after these midterms. If the midterms go the way that uh, we think it's going to go, and there's more of a wave than what polling is, is representing in, in the, and the numbers shock the beltway more than than what they're prepared to, to face. Um, I think I think you're going to see the rats uh, desert the sinking ship, and I think you're going to see more critical pieces on Joe Biden to say get out. Um, well, I, I yeah. And so so let me just posit this really quickly before we move on to our our next topic because I definitely want to get to this next topic. But you know, Jake Tapper um, moved to prime time. And his big uh, premiere episode was a prime was a president of the United States and president of the frigging United States. And he couldn't even get a million viewers to tune in for it. We now, had more people listening to Hugh's show this morning. Um, and we didn't have, I mean, we had, uh, we had, a you know, three, four people on, we had a couple Senate candidates on, but I mean, we had more people listening today just as a routine order of business than Jake Tapper did in prime time with the president of the United States. Right. And I'm not, I'm not pointing by a this long out. shot. Right. And I'm not pointing this out to beat up on Jake, right? No. I'm not pointing it out to beat up on CNN. I mean, you had a president who's famously not done interviews as president. I mean, this is the guy who's been hiding out from one-on-one -on -one television interviews for quite a long time this was a true exclusive it really was i mean we i joke around about exclusive that the, the media definition of exclusive is there wasn't another reporter in the room when i conducted this interview but i mean really honestly jake that's that's a real exclusive because this guy doesn't give interviews for and you see why when on the rare occasions that he does but nobody tuned in to see this and i don't think it's because of jake and i don't think it's because of cnn I think nobody gives a crap what Joe Biden has to say anymore. Nobody's buying it anymore. Um, Joe Biden is going to be in my neck of the woods tomorrow. You know where I live. You know the, yes. the, the area in which I live. Uh, Irvine Valley College is kind of in our backyard, a little uh, small community college. And Joe Biden is going to be there to do a campaign rally for Katie Porter. Now, Katie Porter won re-elect Batgirl. He, he's, he, he's coming out to California to support Batgirl and, and try to get her across the finish line. This is, how, this is how bad off it is for Democrats right now. In California, in uh, now granted, this is a different district because of redistricting is a little bit harder of a, a, a little bit harder, but still. Two years ago, Katie Porter won her reelection by 10 points. Joe Biden carried her district by 11 points. And uh, Scott Baugh, the Republican trying to uh, unseat her, is within margin of error. 
and she's in the she's in the fight of her her uh, political life right now and she's calling in the big guns joe biden has to come to support a d plus 11 um district uh, two weeks before an election that's yeah. that's not that's not signaling strength no it is not all right next um and next. and 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 i'm I'm going to go at least try and get as close to it as I can without actually suffering through it. But what I want to see is how big of a crowd he actually draws. Uh, yeah, probably probably decent sized crowd. But I mean, it's he's not going to it's not going to be a Trump rally. I'll tell you that right it, now. It, it, ain't, it, it won't ain't even it won't be, even be a George W. Bush rally. Yeah, my guess my guess is there's not going to be a lot of people there. No, I, I think you're probably right. We'll look forward to that report the next time we get together. Uh, next topic, last topic I think we're going to be able to get to today um, is the Russian invasion of Ukraine seems to be going really well because their installed governor in Kherson, which is really one of the most strategic um, positions um, that they've captured in this war, is now openly on social media asking Moscow to evacuate the city. <laughs> Vladimir Saldo, who is a, you know, a, a, a Putin crony, right, um, sent a message out on Telegram this morning, and it wasn't subtle. <laughs> he was... It sounds to me like he's not going to, he's, he's not confident about their ability to hold their position. Yeah, I think that might be the case. I mean, because I think that this guy is, um, oh, just a wee bit concerned about that. Let me read to you what the Telegram message was. I have a post that by the time this goes up, of course, it'll be live. It's not quite live yet. This is what um, this is what he said. We suggested to all people the Kherson region to, if they wish, leave to other regions to protect themselves from missile hits and addressing the leadership of the country, meaning Russia. I ask you to help organize this work. We, the people of the Kherson region, know that Russia does not abandon its own. <laughs> Uh, well, what a bet. Fact, They've fact been abandoning your own a lot. Yeah. Fact check. Yeah, that that's that's not necessarily the that's not necessarily the case. Um, look, the, the the real danger here um, is Ukraine is going to make a move on the rail line. The the the, the, the basically the Russian supply everything that we talked about this a little bit in the after show last night. Everything right. that Russia does getting to Crimea goes by rail, right? I mean everything has to. Has to. There's there's no other. You don't have the they, road. They can't do it by air any longer. <laughs> they can't control the air and the road they don't control the, the air turned to crap. So the rail is the only reliable you know, four season transport, especially in that area, you know, for the, for that area of the country and, and Russian doctrine is based on rail resupply. So and that's if, exactly what the Ukrainians if, know too. If, if the Ukrainians take control of the, uh, of, of that rail line by either destroying it or just, you know, seizing control of it at, at a, at a key point, um you basically have a whole bunch of uh russians that are in crimea uh proper that are going to be completely cut off and i mean there there's nowhere for them to go they're screwed they're absolutely screwed yeah they're screwed um and and honestly i mean i don't see first off there's a number of rail lines that come in from russia into into that part of ukraine 
So there are alternate routes, but the main ones go through Svatova in Luhansk and, uh, and Kremena. Um, and those, those are the rail lines that directly support Donetsk. <laughs> so right. right now, I mean, the big news last night when we were talking, this is before we got the, this is before that thing with um, Saldo in, in Kherson. Um, was that we were hearing that there was a push, and it's kind of rumor mill more than more than solid, um, uh, you know, solid um, data on this. But the rumor mill was that um, was that there was a push towards Svatova and and Kremena, which they've been pushing towards Kremena anyway. Um, so when you look at that, I mean, like I tell people. I often tell people, yeah, I'm not von Clausewitz, but I can read a map, right? <laughs> especially a map with rail lines on it. If they seize the, if they seize Svatova especially, but Kremena too, not only can, not only does that cut the Russians off from being able to resupply those troops, it cuts the troops off from being able to get out, <laughs> and they're going to end exactly. up getting cut off here, um, or they're going to have to escape through very circuitous routes back to Russia, and they're going to lose. Um, you know, lose cohesion in doing that, which is dangerous for everybody. Um, when 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 military forces lose cohesion, very bad things happen. And I think that people have to remember that. I mean, the, the troops themselves uh, start pillaging um, because they're terrified of what a hostile countryside is going to do to them if they see them out there. Uh, and and without supplies, without food, without water, they have to get it from someplace and they've got arms and they're going to get it from wherever they can find it. Um, so it becomes a very dangerous situation. You, Generally speaking, you'd like either armies to retreat in order or just surrender. Um, and then the third option is annihilation. And the, the very last option is they run for the hills. A route is a very last option you want to see for those reasons. Right. Um, I, I think I think what and we, again, we talked about this last night as well. The, the, the key player in this to watch now is uh, uh, Recep uh, Erdogan, because yes. apparently he is the lifeline. He is the one that uh, Putin is reaching out to to say, get me the hell out of this. Find 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 me a face saving way to get me the hell out of this so I can so, so we can stop this this nonsense. Because yes. deep down, I don't think Vladimir Putin, uh, it, it's a bluff. I don't think he's going to use a tactical nuke bit. I don't think he's going to go there. No, I, I think I, it was I, a bluff too. I, I mean, because, I mean, that's how, there's a, there's a lot more to lose. And, and everybody there knows it by doing that. Because basically, you've just then um, provoked a massive response from everybody else. Because you can't, nobody can let that slide. Um and they're going to go, Russians, Russians know they're going to go after strengths rather than weaknesses, right? That means their surface fleets, it probably means their submarine fleets. That was my suggestion right from the beginning. You take out their boomers right off the, as soon as they start rattling the nuclear saber, you just take out their boomers to let them know that we're taking you seriously. Right. Um, so that's that's the escalation that will take place. And 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 Putin knows that. And so this has been a series of bluffs and and attempts to bribe his way out of the corner in which he's painted himself. And this was we talked about this last night. This was the offer to to start pumping uh, natural gas back into uh, Europe and especially Germany through Nord Stream 2 once the uh, once those pipelines are repaired. Uh, and and Putin made that offer yesterday morning. 
And Germany said, and I quote, nice try. Um, and the reason why is because Germany is reorienting their energy policy to avoid being reliant on Russia. Not just now, but in the long term. Long Russia term, has, yeah. Russia has basically destroyed its export market with this. Uh, it, it, is, it is going to be a very long time before anybody in Western Europe um, plays footsie with the Russians again on, on any economic issue. Right, it's just, but especially it's just, on energy. Because, especially on energy. Because Putin used it to hold them hostage. And, you know, that he used it for extortion. I mean, clearly, openly, <laughs> you know, explicitly. And we've been warning about that for 20 years. I mean, people say, well, Trump warned them, Trump warned them. Everybody warned them. <laughs> you know, Obama warned them about this. Maybe not as vociferously and publicly as Trump did, but the Obama administration warned them about being, uh, about being reliant on Russian energy. The Bush administration, I think in the last days of the Bush administration, warned them about this. You know, after the invasion of Georgia in August of 2008, you know, Trump administration as well. I think the Biden administration even said that, you know, we're not, we may not sanction Nord Stream 2, but, you know, we're not very pleased about this and we think you should rethink it um now everybody is recognizing that we've been right all along and it was a stupid decision um, right. now they're still making stupid decisions they're going on a massive deforestation thing because of the because of the stupid uh wood pellet exception they have to their carbon emission plan um which was supposed to be for scrap wood it's supposed to be oh you can you can convert scrap wood well, they're just calling for a scrap now and just chopping trees down to make the wood clear, clear cutting, clear cutting to be able to, to right to, to be able it's, to heat everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tremendous. The New York Times had a great piece on that. I think it was last month or maybe six weeks ago. They had a great piece on that. It's like you know, this is what happens when you when you pass stupid policies is you get really dumb incentives, and this is this is maybe among the most perverse incentives that I've seen in energy policy. Which, of course, brings us back to the Biden administration, which is about to go on a, um, a, a get into a pissing contest with Saudi Arabia over those production cuts. <laughs> Yet Democrats trying to pass the NOPEC bill, right? When all you have to do is just increase American oil production and you can flatten those prices out yourself. <laughs> I mean... Uh, on on CNBC, Andrew Ross Sorkin, who is one of their resident lefties, right? I mean, he is he is a left of very left of center guy, right? He even he even went on MSNBC this uh, this week with the with the Morning Joe crew, and he said, "Look, he said, I, I don't see any way around this. We have got to pump more oil here. If we don't pump more oil here, there's no way out of this morass. There, there's there, there's no way out of this." circling the drain we're doing uh economically is as, as a country yeah. we have to pump more oil and gotcha. this is and this it, it, there's just that's 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 the key to this if you're worried about the environment you know if you're worried about all this other stuff look go talk to china go talk to india if you get them to commit to something then fine we'll talk but until then we're we're less than a third, less than a third of of what their output is as far as contributing to to uh, you know carbon in the atmosphere. So if they're not willing to do anything on their end, and all we're doing is trying to commit economic suicide, count me out, you know, and 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 vote you out as long as we're at it. That's right. Um, 
there, there's, if, if you don't want a, a prolonged recession turning into a depression and uh, having job loss and all the all the the pain and, and suffering that goes along with it, you have to exploit what you have in abundance. I mean, this could be an American century. Um, there there are two things that we can do if the rest of the world falls apart. There are two things we can do, and everybody's going to be looking to us for help. And that is, we've got enough land and enough resources. We can grow our own food. We can feed ourselves. We don't need to worry about anybody else in the world. We have the capacity. It is a it is a choice for us not to be able to feed ourselves 100%, paying farmers not to grow stuff. I mean, all, all, the, all the stupid farm policy we have doesn't have to be so. Um, we have the ability to feed ourselves. Number two, we have the energy available to be able to be self-sufficient energy. We could do that in a, in, in a relatively short period of time. Um, we could be energy independent and feed ourselves. Name another country in the world, a, a major country in the world that can do that. Great Britain can't do that. Nope. nope. Many countries, most of the countries in Europe can't do. In fact, I can't think of one European country that actually can do that, can can feed itself and and provide its own energy. Nope. I agree. Well, we're just about out of time, but I do have to bring up one more topic. Yep. I finally found one reason to move back to California, Dwayne. And you know, and you know how I feel about moving back to California. I finally found a reason to move back to California. Uh, okay. What's, <laughs> what's, what's, what's the, uh, I got to see what the punchline is. Uh, okay. Tell me what, what's the punchline. Did you see, did you see the, uh, the clip from the Rams 49ers game where uh, Bobby Wagner leveled that dipstick? Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. And, and, and the protester. The protester who was actually carrying around an incendiary device uh, right. while he while he was protesting got clocked. I mean, just clocked. It was, it was a thing of beauty. Decleated the guy. <laughs> Decleated, <laughs> literally knocked him out of his shoes. And uh, the poor the poor protester has a concussion. So now that he has and a concussion, burn and a, and a burn from his dangerous incendiary device that he himself brought on the field. Correct. Right? And and that now that he's done that. Uh, because he's in the Golden State, he has legal representation who is discussing his legal options of who he might sue uh, for damages he incurred um, from um, from an unnecessary concussion given by the by the player. They're they filed a decide. police report against Bobby Wagner. <laughs> they filed. They actually filed a police report against Bobby Wagner. I even in San Francisco, the police are going to be kidding me. Um, so, so here's, here's my proposition, Dwayne, here's yeah. my proposition. If you can guarantee me a seat on that jury, I will move back to California, but you gotta <laughs> guarantee me a seat on that jury and not just before voir dire. I want to be on the trial jury. If you can, if I can be guaranteed that I will move back to California. It will be worth all the extra taxes and costs and regulations. Just, just for the entertainment value alone. Oh my God. It'd be so much fun being on that jury. <laughs> and then there, coming back and telling the guy to go pound sand. Who Better is, yet. go ahead. Who is the lawyer that takes that case and thinks he's got a case to make? Oh, I, 
I I think the lawyer realizes he doesn't have a case to make. This is a guy who wants his, I think it's actually a, a she. I think she wants her name in the papers. And it's, hey, look, everybody deserves representation. If he's an idiot and he wants to spend money on an attorney, far be it from her to, <laughs> to deny him that, that right. I'm totally fine with that. I don't think for a minute that she thinks she's going to get anything out I, of that. I understand. Other than publicity. But I mean, there should be there should be a a bar, a threshold that if the case is that absurd and it's that silly and that stupid, and I don't know where to set that bar or or how to measure that bar, but there should be a bar that if a case is that is that stump stupid of a case to bring, you should lose your license. I I would not have an issue with that, or at least face some sort of professional sanction, right? But um, yes, but we will see. We will see. Um, there, so we there, know that there should be there, there should be there should be the, the you know the, the Sydney Pollock standard. <laughs> Sydney or Powell. The, or the, the Sydney Powell standard. Yes, Sydney Powell. Yeah. All right. So that's coming up in in court sometime. Maybe I I I doubt that it will. But but perhaps it will be coming up in court in San Francisco or its environs sometime in the I'm not thinking it's going to long term future. I'm not thinking it's going to make the trial. I'm thinking a judge somewhere along the way is going to say what? Are you no. kidding me? <laughs> and and throw it out before yeah. it ever gets anywhere. So, but we do know what's coming up on tomorrow's Hugh Hewitt show, do we not, Dwayne? Uh, I think one of us might actually. Um I don't know if either Hugh one of us is... actually does, but yeah. <laughs> I think Hugh's going to be in Detroit tomorrow. He's doing uh, the first of four or five different uh, Salem uh, talker events. Um, you kind of a get out the vote thing where, you know, he'll go from station to station and uh, talk to people and try to rally the troops, to make sure we get out the vote. Um, the Michigan governor's race is uh, closing rapidly. That one, that one could be very interesting too, uh, especially if, if the red wave is bigger than we think it is. So he's going to be yep. in Detroit tomorrow. Uh, so we got this, uh, we got this guy from, from Texas, former, uh, former Minnesotan from, uh, now in Texas to fill in for us tomorrow. So, uh, just some dude, <laughs> yeah, it, the, it only makes sense to, to have the boss come in and be the boss for the Hugh Hewitt show for the day too. Yeah, we don't, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. I'll also be filling in next Friday as well. So, um, both, both this Friday and next Friday, I'll be filling in for Hugh. Be the first time I've done that since taking over as managing editor at Hot Air, so it'll also be interesting to see how I juggle the how I juggle the workload. But um, but oh, we'll, it's it's we'll it'll, it'll be easy. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll muddle through. I'll have some cuts, and we'll 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 find a way to make it through. Well, I'm hopefully, sure we're going to get some some guests. You know, it's really nice because they always say, "Gee, who would you like to speak to um, while you're guest hosting?" And I come up with this ridiculous list of people that I I want to talk to. You know, and it, and, 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 and and the booker yard- goes. The booker goes, aren't you cute? <laughs> but but then but then darned if 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 some of them don't come through. Some of them do show up, actually. And I thought my list this week was actually kind of reasonable. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but no, you know, we're at the point now where it's it's all economics and it's all politics. I mean, from here on out, you're gonna get a new ad every day from somewhere. You're gonna get some uh, some uh, video clips from a debate held somewhere where you know somebody went off on somebody else. I mean, it's it's it's, it's this it's, is easy radio. <laughs> Sorry, but if, it, if there is such a thing as easy radio, 
this month is easy radio, especially right. because Dwayne Genelismo Patterson is the producer of that show. And he's always got great stuff lined up, man. You I just, mean, I had, I, I had, I had 30 clips. I, I, besides the 20 I had for last night, I think you and I only used 10 or 15 of them. I had, I had 30 clips. I gave you this morning. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll talk about a lot of things tomorrow morning. So that starts at 6 a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. And if you're a member of the universe, which you should be by now, H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-E.com, uh, you can watch the show live. I mean, I'll be, we'll have the Skype connection going. You'll see me live. You'll see this whole, you know, this whole, uh, you know, environment live tomorrow morning. I might clean the desk up just a tiny bit, though. Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, but uh if you're not a member of the universe, you're going to have to listen to it on the AM radio dial and you won't see my face, which I don't know. Maybe that's a plus. Maybe that's not a selling feature anyway. But um, Dwayne, what should people do if they can't find it on the AM radio dial? Well, I think you um, you uh, go to a GM's office where, at a radio station where we should be on and you uh, bring you you bring letter and Putin. You ask for an extraction. <laughs> It's actually, that's actually a pretty good strategy. I was going to say, you know, I can see the Rio Grande cliffs from your office or something like that, but I think yours was better. So we're going to leave it at that. Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson at Radio Blogger on Twitter, by the way, uh, his, uh, his uh, VIP post is coming up at 1240 Eastern time at Hot Air. So be sure to check that out. Dwayne, we'll talk, uh, well, we'll talk tomorrow and then we'll talk again here next week. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, guys. All right, stay tuned for one last message coming from the Ed Morrissey Show after this. Thank you for watching or listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and through the Town Hall Media Player, or you can just come to hotair.com and watch my podcast for free. However, I'd also love to have you join us as members of our vip and vip gold programs that allows us to defeat the stranglehold that big tech has on information and get you the best information that we possibly can plus we have a lot of new value added content coming to us from town hall media uh, stars and my good friend adam baldwin he and i are doing the video series the amiable skeptics it's one hour of discussion a week strictly for our vip and vip gold members Plus, we have our VIP Gold Chat with Kem Edwards every Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. We'd love to have you as members. Be sure to join up. Thanks again for watching the Ed Morrissey Show podcast.